that number four often seems to crop up when I'm introduced, uh, even these days. Um, and I'll take the opportunity uh, to deny a rumor that when um, I first met my wife, uh, she had a notion that I'd actually run uh, four miles in a minute and wasn't particularly impressed by that. I want to thank the American Academy for bringing me to this occasion. I feel rather overawed in such distinguished company, uh, but I think it's characteristic of the customary and unstinted generosity that uh, America, we associate this with America, should have created this American Academy of Achievement. Uh, it is, um, uh, for me, um, touching uh, that this event, it gives me real pride to uh, be reminded of this event, which took place uh, 47 years ago. It was incidentally just a year after another physical barrier had been overcome, that was the climbing of, of Everest. But I'm glad that it's still uh, lingers um, in some people's public memory, uh, as I hope it will uh, encourage others to realize that without any remarkable gifts, it is certainly possible to achieve uh, certain physical barriers. Um, the other barriers of medicine are more difficult and more complex. Um, so many people uh, claim to have seen it uh, many of them saw it on primitive black and white television. Uh, but in fact, there weren't very many there. I didn't advertise this because I wasn't sure whether the weather would be too impossible to attempt it. Um, there were only 1,500 people there. But if the people who come up to me and say I was there, had been there, you wouldn't have fitted them into Wembley Stadium with 100,000 people. The uh, four-minute mile had um, fascinated uh, endless generations of runners since about uh, the, the turn of the century, 1900. Uh, was it a physical barrier? Or was it a psychological barrier? And my great rival, John Landy, after running uh, four minutes and two seconds several times, uh, said, it's a brick wall. Uh, that didn't make sense to me as, as a medical student. It might have been a psychological barrier, but there was no reason why it shouldn't be possible. And uh, I had, from uh, my youth, uh, been a, an impatient boy, and I ran and did all kinds of sort of physical activity, and I was fortunate that these um, skills um, and this energy could be harnessed just at the time when the four-minute mile was becoming a practical reality. Uh, nowadays, uh, we have seen a warming resurgence uh, of an interest in sport, sport for all, as, as we said um, at the Sports Council, which is a British institution to promote sport. Uh, the drudgery of hard physical work has been largely lost um, in Western democracies, and we are more concerned to take a care of our own health.
a plea from this podium was to uh, stop smoking, we heard. Very, very true. But um, I have uh, found that there are adjustments which the body makes uh, so that exercise, hard exercise, even if painful at first, can become easy and pleasurable. Uh, and uh, for some years, one of my neurological hobbies, apart from being a clinician, has been working on the autonomic nervous system, which is the system whereby our uh, hearts and lungs and uh, circulation is uh, so uh, beautifully, uh, mechanically uh, integrated by the brain uh, beyond um, our conscious awareness. And uh, this um, function um, is untrammeled by any intervention of which we are capable. And it's presumably that these integrations were of great survival um, in our um, ancient past uh, when we may have been Stone Age hunters on the savannas. And it's interesting now that it is uh, speculated that uh, during exercise, endorphins, um, the uh, pleasure uh, chemicals uh, may well be liberated within the brain um, in many runners, and this uh, could contribute to uh, almost an addiction in some people of, 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 for running. I uh, would like just to uh, say that America has led in this, um, uh, what I would call a 20th century revolution, a social revolution from being sedentary uh, to a more active leisure, not perhaps for uh, the majority yet, but for an increasing minority. Uh, the feats of uh, American runners like Fred Shorter and Joan Benoit uh, come to mind. Um, I was involved at the start of the London Marathon, which was earlier this year, which was itself modeled on the New York Marathon, and there were 80,000 people applying to run uh, uh, there were 30,000 runners over 26 miles. Now, these uh, were not trained athletes. Uh, some of them were running for charity and some for friendship and fun. And I see this as part of the whole spectrum of health and physical exercise. Uh, I was in New York early this year and watched uh, um, all the... Uh, people in Central Park, um, roller skating, cycling, playing games, and softball, and it was great to see uh, so many people uh, having the, the leisure and the energy to want to, to do this. It's such a, a far cry from the time at the beginning of the last century when a cynic was asked whether he felt the urge to take exercise and he said, yes, I felt the urge, but I just lie down until it passes off. <laughs> so training for sport um, in youth can give a sense of discipline of mind and body. And the object uh, is to make the best of your talents in whatever direction they lead. If you've been fortunate in the sporting sphere, you just try as hard in the more complex challenges of real life. Quite simply, uh, you go on trying to do your best. <clears throat> I'm sure that many of you have shared the delights 
of watching the examples of the courage, skill and endurance in the re recent Olympic Games. Much credit to the athletes and to the hosts, um, Australia. There are some doom and gloom mongers who have long thought that sport is on the wane through professionalism and, and corruption. But uh, I disagree. Only a tiny proportion of all sportsmen and women are corrupt. For the rest, it's a glorious uh, celebration of peaceful collaboration now between 170 different countries. And this is a, an example, a hopeful example, of human cooperation which should be warmly separated, warmly celebrated. Um, my life as a neurologist, uh, now uh, 40 years or more, has uh, <clears throat> given me some chances to insert a brick or two through research into the wall of knowledge about the nervous system, and the fun of doing this makes me continually grateful. The simple barriers of sport have no place in medicine. Uh, there, there is only a collaboration. I'm perhaps one of the few uh, clinicians here at this occasion, and I feel that I can uh, praise the profession of medicine and encourage those of you who are entering it to regard it as one of the lifetime's most satisfying professions, uh, which I'm sure you will find of, of intense interest. I mean, let's just look back at the uh, last century, the wider scene of medicine and its advances. Smallpox eliminators of world disease, diabetes until the invention of insulin, a death warrant, infections until penicillin were a great killer, Poliomyelitis now tamed, though uh, HIV is, of course, um, the modern scourge, and there's also been a resurgence of tuberculosis. But I would make this point, that it is often forgotten that many more lives were saved and many more were prolonged by these advances in medicine in the last century, more than all the millions lost in the world's wars. And I would like to uh, think that we are going to have a renewed interest in the current century in positive health and include in that recipe for positive health uh, sport and exercise uh, in order to defeat two of the great current problems, uh, cardiovascular disease and cerebrovascular disease. Thank you very much for asking me to come. Hi, um, I'm Justin Wilson from Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I'd like to ask your thoughts on um, what responsibilities modern athletes have as role models towards young people um, in terms not just of their sporting success but their private lives as well. And which athletes... As well? What we, in terms of their private lives as well as their lives. sporting successes and which current athletes you think um, best personify in role models? Well, uh, that's a long question. I suppose um, athletes have the same responsibility for their private lives that other 
public figures do. Uh, they are inevitably held up as examples, and it's far more significant if you're held up as examples for the young, the young and the impressionable. Um, to me, in relation to high-level sport, this question is linked very much with um, abuse with drugs, which um, is cheating, uh, and uh, to me, there's considerable sadness that uh, the international bodies have not moved with the swiftness I feel they could have moved uh, in order to set up satisfactory testing to eliminate those who are cheating. I mean, if you don't know whether someone is taking X or Y, then the whole point of the exercise at the highest level um, is, um, is lost. I mean, I want to make it clear that this is the consequence of professionalism uh, and uh, the pressures of, of, of sponsorship. Professionalism, because if winning, uh, breaking a world record is immediately uh, converted into a cashable million dollars or so, uh, that adds to the temptations. Uh, sponsorship in the sense that um, uh, to have uh, athletes who are seemingly winning a gold medal one day and the next day are um, uh, uh, found to be positive for drugs, it, it, the whole um, system would collapse. Um, I do just want to um, add to that answer. Uh, you say who are going to be the uh, best examples. Um, this has rather interestingly proved to be uh, a medical or anthropological um, uh, situation in which uh, you may have noticed that in all the recent Olympic records, men running on the track uh, from 100 meters um, to the marathon, of course, off the track, um, every winner, bar one, uh, came from either an African origin, an Afro-Caribbean origin. And um, those from the uh, west coast of Africa are genetically endowed um, with uh, more efficient, fast fibers, uh, which are adapted to sprinting, and those from entirely different ethnic uh, group um, on, in Eastern Africa, um, Kenya and, and, and Ethiopia, Morocco, have had the advantages of altitude training um, and um, uh, a lifestyle and a physique in which their muscles have a different composition with slow fibers. So it's nothing to do with color of skin, it happens to be where they have lived and grown up and over a long period of time. And so this is a rather interesting uh, introduction to sport um, as more of the world's population is adequately fed and as um, athletic ability is uh, a rarity I wouldn't say freak, but it freak, but it is a rarity. Then more um, individuals uh, will be uh, discovered in India, shortly to be a billion, and China, uh, a billion. So these populations, Africa too, these populations, which for a, a century have been deprived of these opportunities, are now coming to the fore. And uh, I feel that it's uh, uh, good fortune for them and one which the rest of us should welcome uh, as one of the more interesting facets of this uh,
kind of uh, rather simple uh, seeking after new marks and records. Hello. Sir Bannister, I'm a, my name is Tyler Dikovic. I'm a, I'm a graduate student at Princeton University in New Jersey, still uh, working on breaking the five-minute mile. And I was wondering, um, in, in so many great athletic accomplishments and achievements, um, well, I would say many of these achievements are driven not only by personal desire, but also by interpersonal rivalry. Um, I don't know if in, the, in, in your case if, the, if that's true or not, but, but certainly many are. And I wondered if there's a role for interpersonal rivalry in more academic pursuits, uh, in, in research and these sorts of things, if, if that's important and if there's a role that that plays in achievement in that sense? The answer to the question is no doubt there is this rivalry in both. I mean, we can think of uh, Nobel laureates uh, who suddenly saw uh, some uh, new event. Um, I'm thinking particularly of the, the discovery of Kuru, um, and immediately seized on that, realizing this was a new disease, there were opportunities, uh, and uh, there was direct competition. Um, and I suppose there was the race um, uh, in relation to DNA and so on. I mean, these are uh, instances in which um, there have been direct rivalries, but they were controlled and uh, it was respectable, uh, provided those honesty um, in, in the competition. Uh, I had a great rival called Landy, and he could well have uh, broken the four-minute mile, and I'm sure that in the back of my mind, uh, from 1952 onwards, uh, perhaps making me train that much harder uh, was the thought that he is in Australia trying to do what I'm doing and we're going to meet in Vancouver on the 6th of August 1954 and I've really got to have done the four minute mile or be capable of it before I'd try to deal with him and uh, so uh, that was uh, certainly a driving force.